All right, everyone. This session, I'm upping the game experience. Cool. All right. You enter the forest clearing and come upon a mud golem. Dude, did you just throw mud on me? What the heck? What? I wanted to give you a real sensory experience. <clears throat> Anyways, and then it starts to rain. Stop! Stop spraying me with water! And out of the forest comes a swarm of spiders! Oh my gosh, are those real? I am so out of here. Have you been trying to up your game but end up with a disaster on your hands? Or is your game falling flat and you want to amp up the experience? In this episode of Becoming DM, we talk about the tools and gadgets you can use to enhance your gaming experience. Hi everyone, this is John. And this is Felicia. And as you heard, this time we are talking about the tools and gadgets that you can use to really amp up your gaming experience. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the good place to start is, is those really basic standard equipment um, that are beyond those things that you have to have. So we all know that you need to have uh, player's handbook, yep. you need to have dice, yep. uh, preferably extra dice. Mm -hmm. uh, but what are some of those other things that, that, um, that you consider standard equipment for, uh, for making your game better? Well, I mean, I really enjoy using miniatures in like my game. So for me, like having a grid map and the wet erase marker markers are like an absolute must for my games. Uh, in addition, you know, you extra pencils, paper, things like that, uh, miniatures. You know, you want some for yourself and for others, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, and on that miniatures topic, um, as the dungeon master, you kind of have to have a little bit of a surplus of miniatures, not yes. just characters that are being played, because yep. you have to have something to represent the monsters. Mm -hmm. Now, you could go out to the store and buy them out and have every single monster in your collection, <laughs> but you're going to spend a lot of money. Uh, yeah. I, I think that what, what probably most experienced DMs do, uh, myself included, we just have some some... A, a pool of miniatures mm -hmm. and we choose whichever we're going to use for this oh, yeah. instance. Absolutely. I mean, I may have like a dragon in the actual campaign, but my figurine, my, my, my miniature that I use could be something completely different. I've gone off the beaten path and even tried like Funko Pops as my larger <laughs> monsters just because I, I just wanted something that was representative of the size of the monster that my characters were coming across. Yeah, I mean, as long as the as long as the players know what it represents when you set it down, yep. and you stick to that, like it doesn't change from this is a dragon to this is a uh, French a bugbear, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so besides all of that, you know, for me, you know, a good old fashioned bag of holding, box of holding, container of holding, something to put all your stuff in. Yeah, and that's with with the number of things that you start carrying around as a dungeon mm -hmm. master you really have to think about what's gonna be appropriate because yeah. you've got your dice and, and depending upon what kind of dice person you are, you could have a hoard of dice, which, hmm. which you're gonna maybe even have a separate bag for. Yeah. And if you have a bunch of miniatures and then you've got character sheets and yeah. all this other stuff, uh, it's gonna really dictate what you have to put that stuff in. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the standards. I mean, I, I think that Anybody can probably look at the game and, and come to come to those standards. But let's talk about the fun extras. I mean, because mm. we're really here to enhance the game, not just talk yes. about things that, that people should have, but but what are some of those fun extras that are out there? Yeah, definitely I want to exceed those those gaming standards. Um, you know, back to like the grid map portion, like I was saying, you know, I, I enjoy working with miniatures and the and the grid map. And there are just so many options now out there of, you know, 
artistically creative designs for forests and dungeons and caves um, that your characters can walk on in grid map fashion. Those are really great, but you can take it up to the next level and go completely 3D and have actual structures and walls and buildings, uh, you know, fortresses, things that your, like your miniatures can actually come across uh, and, and actually walk up, climb, go into. It's, it's crazy. Like, I think the, the actual small models for grid maps are a really fun um, addition to any gaming experience. And, and you kind of hit on something there when you talked about some of the different maps that are available. I know that, that my artistic abilities uh, are really poor. So <laughs> when it comes to drawing on the map, having something that I can, can have, have it at least to start with yeah. and, and then draw poorly drawn squares on top of that yep. um, is helpful. But the thing is a dungeon master, I'll say that you kind of have to be careful of if you've got if you've got four or five different standard maps and one is maybe like the inside of a temple, if you use that mm. room for everything that uh, that that uh, is inside of a room that's rectangular, it's going to start to be like, oh, it's another temple. How many temples do these people yeah, have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I like my just plain old simple grid map that I can just change to any scenario if it's a forest if it's a cave if it's a building and it's circular it's square it's whatever it's it's really versatile yeah and um, moving on some of the other things that, that you can have mm. uh, some of the things we're going to talk about are, are actually a little bit more player focused but yes. but as a dungeon master it's kind of nice to let your your players know that they're out there yeah for sure um but you have a really cool personalized <laughs> dice box um, yeah it's engraved on the outside and it's got True. spots for all your dice yes. where, where did you actually get that so um i whenever i kind of delve into anything and, and when i first delved into dungeons and dragons my my go-to for almost everything is etsy <laughs> you find just the most fun creative beautiful things on etsy um and my husband and I, who had both wanted to try something new at the same time, had both decided that we really wanted something personalized for ourselves when we started playing. So we got these really beautiful, handcrafted, engraved dice boxes that split open. And one side has the space to hold the dice and your figurines. And then the other side is actually the spot where you can roll your dice on. And it's got like lined in velvet and it looks just gorgeous. Um, he had his engraved with uh, some Nordic runes, and I had mine engraved with some like floral designs. Uh, and it's, yeah, I mean, we absolutely love it. We throw it into our bag of holding for our next uh, campaign session that we're gonna have somewhere else, and it's, it's great. I love it. Great. Um, yeah, so uh, another way to go with those dice boxes, uh, mm -hmm. I, I have a, and, and if you're listening at home, we're gonna have pictures of a lot of the things that we're talking about, so please make sure to go to becomingdm.com so you can see mm -hmm. what it is that we're talking about. Um, but I also, I, I 3D printed a, a box. It's yes. definitely not as pretty as, as the box <laughs> you have, but but it holds three sets of dice and, and some spell trackers mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which is one of the other things that uh, that's on our kind of fun extras list is spell trackers, right? Yes. And and you have uh, a way to do that, and I have a little bit different way to do that, mm -hmm. so why don't you talk about yours first? It's, it's honestly, it's cheap, it's straightforward to the point. I just have a little collection of gemstones that I distribute to each of my spellcasters um, in the game, and however many spells they have, that's how many gemstones they get. Whenever they use one, they throw it back into the pot, so it's just easy for them to keep track of their spells when they're playing. Yeah, and so um, what I have is, in my little dice holder, I have these little chip tokens uh, that each have a, a number on them, one through nine, mm -hmm. uh, for the different 
levels of spells that it could be. And then the lid of the tracker has slots that those go in. So if you get two first level spells a day, you put two little chips in the, in the one spot and you pull them out as you use them. So it's above and beyond for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so one of the, uh, Another kind of player focused thing that uh, that uh, I know you have because I gave you one is uh, is a hit point tracker. That's true. So and there's a lot of ways to track hit points. There's obviously the good old fashioned pencil and paper where you mm-hmm. erase every time and you write it, or you just have a piece of paper just for scribbling down yeah. your hit point, hit point changes. Uh, but what this is, it's a a little uh, I. I don't know what the shape would be called because it's ten-sided. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like a little <laughs> tiny miniature scroll. This that you is can our public education <laughs> failing us. Anyway, it's a it's a it's a ten-sided uh, little object, and it has numbers on each of the faces. You mm-hmm. twist them um, so you can set what your current hit points are. As you lose them, you just twist it to to adjust that. Mm-hmm. It's even got a plus and minus style for for those uh, unfortunate <laughs> times when your when your character goes unconscious and possibly dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a really. Um, convenient thing to use. I really enjoy that. Like, it's like, especially when you're playing and you've got a lot going on and, and you're writing one thing or another, it's just the hit point tracker. It's just really convenient. You just twist it to what you need it to be and, and you can move on with the rest of your campaign. So I, I really enjoy it. And I love that mine's colorful. So. <laughs> and if you're interested in, in that, we'll also have a link to, to where you can, where you can make one make of your one. own mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Um, I also like, um, like, we talk about like other ways to make, you know, combat and gaming more convenient. Um, I'm a really big fan of like the stencils and the templates for spells. You know, when you're doing a spell and it's like, oh, your spell has to be in a cone of, you know, X, Y, and Z, or it's a radius of, you know, blah, blah, blah feet. And you have this grid in front of you, this grid map, at least in my case, and I'm over here trying to count the squares <laughs> to see like which characters are, are going to be actually impacted. A yeah. <laughs> So the templates and the little stencils are really, really, for me, honestly, like they're a godsend. They're so convenient. I don't have to count squares, don't have to waste time. Uh, And you can get some really cool ones that have a lot of very cool detailing on them. Uh, You know, fire or water or earth, like, you know, just all sorts of great elemental types. Um, You know, the lightning, you know, it's really great to just kind of have those sort of um, small details when you're doing that kind of um, engagement with your players. So those are for me, like, absolute great 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 thing to have and the the ones that you were showing me with the with the different spell effects on them mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really cool just because yeah you can lay down a, a triangle on the table or whatever but it's really nice to be able to have that visual representation of what yeah. exactly is going on here yeah it's it's a it's a cone but it's a cone of fire Gosh. burning down everything in its path yes. uh, so I I, I I I like those I think I'm gonna actually look at getting those for, for the game that I'm running right, right? now um, um, yeah. So another kind of like fun extra, it, it applies to the, the miniature side again, uh, are, are stands for when you're, I mean, they're, they're pretty much used for when your character's flying, mm-hmm. but also if you have, um, the thing that I, I like using them for is if you've got a, an enemy that's on a different level. So, mm-hmm. uh, archers that are up a, up a level and you don't have necessarily your structures and walls game going on. Uh, you can put them on the pedestal so that people know, hey, this guy is not at ground level. I can't just rush yeah. and hit him with a sword. Exactly. Yeah, I think those are really fun. And I've had it where a lot of my um, players have familiars that can fly. And that's really convenient to have. I and mean, one 
you're back to like the, you know, it's using for flying status, but I like it for familiars as well, um, just to be able to allow them to move about like they um, need to be. And then of course, you know, let's say your character's jumping on a roof to get down into a building. That's Which awesome. is what I happen to do a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, just, it's fun. It helps make it a little more of that engaging experience. I think um, that, you know, your, your characters can see, you know, the height and the depth of what their characters are doing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of fun stuff that people can, can use. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm sure that somebody's listening is going, what about this? What about this? And, <laughs> and we'd love to hear about whatever it is that we've missed in this podcast. Absolutely, yes. So please feel free to come and comment on it and, and, and we'll, we'll read your comment on the next podcast that comes out mm -hmm. and, and uh, sure. love to hear from you. Yeah, I'd love to maybe even use it on our next game. Yeah. Hey everyone, this week we're sponsored by Darkwind. If you've never played Darkwind, it's definitely worth checking out. It's an online multiplayer text-based game that lets you create a character and build them from level one to level 90. The choices are all yours. What stats to raise, what race and class to choose from, even things like where to shop for provisions. Oh, and best of all, it's free to play. If you want to start playing on Darkwind, just go to play.darkwind.org to create your character today. While we're taking a break, I have a huge favor to ask you. One of the best ways to grow the audience for a podcast is people referring their friends. If you can take a moment to recommend Becoming DM to a couple of your friends that you think would enjoy it, you'll forever have our gratitude. Thanks. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, so next is kind of, we're getting into technology mm. and people talk about tabletop role-playing games and oftentimes you think, oh, it's just pencils and paper and, and dice, but there are so many different technology options out there yes. anymore that, um, that uh, you just, you can inundate your players with it or if you use it uh, strategically, it can really enhance your game. Yep. Um, have you, is there anything out there that, that you've used or heard about using that you're, you're wanting to check out? Um, so one thing I am just uber excited to try out. I was doing some research on just once again amping up the gaming experience and um, I discovered that there were a few programs, different types that you can download onto um, either your um, up, it was it Amazon Echo, mm -hmm. like an Echo Dot, um, or like your Google, um, was it Google Assistant or your Google? Google Home. Google Home, that's the one. Sorry guys, I'm Amazon. <laughs> um, so you can download them um, onto either one of those. Um, and you can see, I think a couple of them are like Ask the DM or um, Dungeon Assistant. And they're really great because not only can you um, have them roll your dice for you, let's say you're creating characters and you need to have them roll dice to see what your abilities are, or you're in combat and you're like, ah, you know, I need to roll, you know, 2d6. You can be, hey, Alexa, roll 2d6. And then they'll make the sound of like the dice rolling and she'll tell you like what the results were. So which I thought was really fun. Um, and then it kind of saves you from having to roll multiple dice or, you know, doing it yourself. But I thought that was a really fun thing. Um, and for spellcasters, it's really great if you're trying to think of what a spell is or, or you wrote down, I'm going to use the spell, but you don't want to sift through the book. You can actually ask, you know, Alexa, tell me what this spell is. And she'll tell you what the spell is and all the requirements for it. So I kind of like that auditory aspect of it where it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about sifting through the book. You don't have to worry about looking at, you know, this or that, you can just ask her and she can tell you. 
So the question is, is when you start using that, if you have an Alexa and Google in the room, can players say, I want Google to roll this one for me instead of Alexa, or I don't trust that <laughs> role. I want to, I want to see what Alexa Alexa's does. not on my side. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tested out how good of a roller Alexa is. That's, my money's on Alexa. All right. Um, so the other kind of in that same sort of realm of, of rolling dice mm -hmm. and, and enhancing the player experience, there's a lot of different programs on your computer or phone uh, that can roll dice for you um, for, for the same sorts of purposes. But also as a DM, mm -hmm. there's things that do things like track initiative, which I, I always struggled with um, before I started using technology. I would, I would write them down and always something would get transposed wrong and I'd mm -hmm. skip players in the initiative and, and your players notice that stuff. <laughs> so uh, having Wait. something to really keep you on the ball with who goes next. Um, um, the, the application I use is called Combat Manager and they've got a, a Windows application as well as, a, as well as an iPhone, iPad application. Mm -hmm. I, they may have it for other systems. Those are just the ones I know about. And in addition to um, to being able to roll dice, to be able to track initiative. Uh, it also has a pretty uh, extensive um, um, monster integration. Mm. Uh, so you can search for monsters. So I'm, I'm using it in my Pathfinder game. I'm not sure if it's if it's D&D &D enabled, but I, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So I can search for, for monsters through various B-series. I can add those to combat very quickly and it'll roll all their initiative for me so that it, it places them in the appropriate order. Um, I can do quick rules lookups, spell lookups. Mm -hmm. It's really handy. Um, now I will say that the Windows application works better than the iPad application. The iPad application has a tendency to sometimes crash at inopportune <laughs> times. Burn. So if you have the option of one or the other, uh, I would say look into the, into the Windows experience for that. Mm -hmm. um, I think along the the same notes, you know, when we're talking about programs that you know you can use for looking at monsters and characters, tracking initiative, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, because we can all admit, like Dungeons and Dragons are, are those types of tabletop gaming. There's a lot of numbers involved. It's yeah. a big numbers <laughs> game. And when I first started D and D, I was so overwhelmed by just the amount of numbers that I had to calculate and add and take away and include. And you know, now it seems pretty straightforward, but it really was like a very, you know daunting thing to take on and so when we first started Pathfinder um, we weren't really sure exactly how to go about creating characters and I didn't want to go and buy like the basic player's handbook and like do it from scratch like that so I actually went online and found like a lot of really helpful programs that just helped to build the character for me I was you know this type of class this type of race I, I had a familiar and these are my my traits and then it just kind of did all the numbers for me printed off my character sheet and went to my first game so I think along the same nine lines, you have programs that can help you build those characters as well, which I'm sure most of you guys are, are familiar with. Yeah, so there's things like, like Hero Lab. Mm -hmm. um, the What I used when I created a and d, d character recently was something called OrcPub2. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of different websites out there. What did you use to, to create your characters? You know, I would love to tell you, but uh, <laughs> my memory doesn't serve me too well in, so right quick, now. Quick so. Google search away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, there are. I mean, there are literally just tons and tons of programs out there. You just got to find the ones that work best for you. I, I had to, to sift through quite a few before I found the one. I think that kind of just worked for my particular needs. But... Um, yeah, technology is great and just helping you with that. So, 
Yeah, um, so next on the technology front is something that um, I have gotten really interested in, and it's, mm -hmm. it's the virtual tabletop experience. Even if you're in person, you can have a virtual tabletop experience. Um, um, and this, is, this was the thing uh, uh, that got me into using miniatures. Mm. Uh, in my entire role-playing experience, up until about six months ago, I had never used miniatures in a role-playing game. That's a shame. I know. And, yeah. <laughs> and part of it was the whole, I'm poor at drawing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want my maps to be in front of players for them to look at. And, and I came across this, uh, this thing on the internet and I was like, wow, that is cool. Um, and the application I use is something called Arc and Forge. Mm. And I took a TV and I built the table around the TV and you can display these digital maps on, on the TV. So you still are having a tabletop experience. People yeah. still have their miniatures that they can move around and stuff, but it's all on the TV and the maps look beautiful and they can be animated and they have fog of war and cast shadows and all mm -hmm. these cool things. And for an in-person experience, it's an awesome platform. It's a really affordable piece of software uh, and there's no recurring subscription. Mm -hmm. Now, if, you're, if your players can't all get in the same room, there are different options. Um, there's things like Roll20, Fantasy Grounds. Yeah. There are several others out there that, that give you a, a, an experience like that. And then the nice thing about, um, about those applications is they also have, do things like have um, rules books built into them. Mm. And you can, you can buy modules in there and it'll bring the module maps into the application so you don't have to draw the, mod, the maps that are in pre-published uh, adventure modules. Yeah, which can be a time-consuming process. <laughs> I've discovered. Yeah. Um, so it's it's it for me. It's it's been a great addition to the game to have this this tabletop software that I've been been using to run my players through through dungeons and stuff like that. And I've as a player, I've actually experienced working or playing with you know in one of your campaigns and and using that tabletop and and yeah, it's it's so cool. It is so cool. I'm like obsessed with like the little flickering <laughs> flames and you know, you can, it gets dark and, and I, I particularly like the function where you can use your, um, your mouse to sort of open up and, and reveal, like if you're walking into a room, you don't have to like see the entire room. You can have part of it still darkened and as the players move forward, you can open up the room some more. So I really like that that function is there and you're like, oh, I haven't gone through the doorway yet. I have no idea what's behind there. <laughs> Which, you know, is, is something that you kind of lose out what on when you're... The terrible thing is waiting yeah. to jump at me here. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a pretty cool function. Cool. Um, also on the technology front mm. is organization. Yes. And, and as you well know, um, being a dungeon master, being organized is really important. Mm -hmm. And I know that, that you and I both, uh, at least to some extent, still use the, the good old-fashioned standby, the, the pencil and paper, yep. pen and paper. Um, um, but since we're talking about organizations, is there any, anything that you do specific to organization that, that helps you out as a dungeon master? I mean, if we're going along the technological route. You know, one program that you actually introduced to me recently was Evernote. Mm -hmm. And that was really great for, you know, taking the notes, sharing stories. Um, you know, you can add in small amounts of like media or images, things like that. So that's a really fun way, I think, to share the notes and the, the storyline with your characters. Um, and it's good for me to keep organization. Personally, you know, anything, anything on the program to use. If you're like 
good old-fashioned Microsoft Word and you just want to write it out on that, you can. Google Docs, you can. Uh, we, we have a Facebook page. So, you know, where you update storylines and things like that to keep, you know, your, your players abreast of situations. Um, and then, you know, honestly, as, as much as I love technology, I always seem to find myself constantly reverting back to pen and paper. <laughs> I, don't, I may be like a newer DM, but I guess sometimes I just prefer old-fashioned methods. Well, a lot of times uh, what I do is I will jot down my initial notes, my mm -hmm. initial thoughts on on a little notepad. Uh, I carry it around with me when I travel. So if I have an idea that comes to me, I just pull it out, write down, jot yeah. down a few things. And then once it's more fleshed out, I'm ready to start putting it in front of players. I'll transfer that over to uh, OneNote or Evernote, both, both uh, great note-taking apps. Uh, recently, I've been using an application called Trello. And Trello is really a, it's a task management to-do kind of app. Mm. Um, and it, it's very uh, versatile. You can you can build out kind of categories with it, um, build out cards, and so I use Trello and I put all of my adventure in there. I put locations yeah. and NPCs. I put monsters that I'm going to use, uh, um, story arcs, and all sorts of stuff in there. And it's it's really it's affordable because it's free, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, kind. and it really is, is useful for what I do. And I'll try to include some screenshots on our website of how I kind of structure uh, my, my Trello uh, because it, it can be kind of, what am I gonna do with this when you, once you first get it? Yeah. Um, but if you're not cheap like me, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are uh, applications out there on the web for uh, purchase or for subscription. The one that I've seen most mentioned is called Realmworks. Mm -hmm. and we were looking at Realmworks earlier. Yes, that is a bougie program. <laughs> <laughs> so you could uh, you could add maps. You can have your, all your storyline plotted out in there. Um, so similar to what I'm doing with Trello, but de definitely more full featured, geared towards doing that task. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it looks it looks like a very um, a comprehensive and really useful program to have. And if if you've got you know, the money to spend and you don't mind, I think it's definitely a benefit to have in like your campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other sort of like tech gadgets that you've seen <laughs> or that you like well, using? I think, uh, I think I've come across your pride and joy, which is your 3D printer, <laughs> which is actually really cool because when we first started with your campaign, you were able to actually make our figurines for us, our miniatures, which I thought was just awesome. Um, and then of course you made the hit tracker the um, with your 3D printer. And both of those were just, I mean, such cool things that you can just make on your own, how you like it, the color that you want, the um, type of character that you have. It could be representative of who your player actually is. So I, that's a really fun little thing. And I don't think you, you told me they weren't that expensive, right? Yeah, so if you're getting a, a low-end uh, printer, you can get it for sub $200. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of course, they, they go up. The more you <laughs> spend, potentially, the better quality you get. Uh, when I bought mine, I had I had a gift card that somebody gave me that happened to cover the cost of a low end one. So that's well, there what you I go. Did. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a it's been a really cool thing to to see like you create the little you know like I said the miniatures and the hit tracker. It's been yeah it's a really cool thing to see if you've got that income and you want to make something completely tailored to your players. Three D printer's the way to go. And if you if you get one, there's a lot of the things that we talked about earlier in the show. Um, you can print those with a 3D printer. So mm -hmm. we talked about structures and, and yeah. terrain for your for your uh, for your grid map. You can find if you go to think, a place like Thingiverse, um, mm -hmm. you can find 
3D files to print those out. Yeah. Um, the hit point tracker, I took a, a file from Thingiverse, I modified it to fit my needs and, and printed those out. Um, the dice holder, same thing. Your box, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that was also 3D printed. Yeah. So, all, all sorts of stuff that you can do with those. That's probably, I would say, if you've got the money, probably one of the better investments that you can make um, yeah. to, to really amp up your, your tabletop game, just because there's so many things that you could make that you might not spend money on otherwise. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> and then they, they can add up quick, so. Yep. So I think that's uh, primarily what we wanted to talk about with mm -hmm. our tools and gadgets episode. Yeah. Uh, as we said before, if, if you've got stuff that you just find is completely useful for your campaign and we didn't talk about it, we'd love to hear about it. Yes. Um, um, additionally, as we said before, if you have ideas for something that we should talk about in the future, uh, an episode idea, uh, we're definitely open to suggestions. Just go to becomingdm.com, mm -hmm. click on contact, uh, fill out the form and we're ready to go. You can also reach out to us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash becomingdm and Twitter, uh, we're at becomingdm. Yep. So. Uh, thanks for joining us again, and until next time, stay, stay nerdy, nerdy, friends. This is where I usually say to subscribe and rate the podcast on your favorite podcast app. While it's still awesome if you do that, I also wanted to let you know that if you would like to see pictures and links to many of the tools that we talked about today, go to becomingdm.com ep3 and scroll through the episode transcription. Becoming DM is produced by Felicia Martinez and John Welsh. The show is edited by John Welsh. Our next episode will be out in two weeks. We look forward to seeing you then.